Welcome back to Doomsday Sister Wives, episode 15. This time we bring you a very special guest who's technically been in all the episodes already, but in musical form. This is Ben McSherry. Yeah. Hello, hello, everybody. Thank you guys for having me. Your voice is going to sound awesome in post. It's going to sound so good. Yeah. (laughs) You have a great voice, Ben. That's the first time I've heard that. I normally hear myself on, I, I hear myself on recordings and I'm like, somebody please, for the love of God. Shut that fucker up. <laughs> Dang. I, I guess it's I guess it's true. Like literally, everybody hates the sound of their own voice. Yeah, because you you have this buttery thing going on. I can't you really do. imagine people complaining about it. You've heard my customer service voice before. Yeah, yeah. I haven't broken that out here. It's a little it's a little creepy to me. I'm I'm really happy I don't have to use mine anymore either. It's... Right. I've like I've been working from home uh, just for a little. Uh, Doomsday Sister Wives lore. Ben and I used to work together pre-pandemic mm-hmm. for a couple years at this music store, um, which I guess I'll be careful not to dox because if I'm just like gets in downtown, <laughs> blah blah blah, that's going to narrow it down really thing. fast. Do you know, it, what's if you funny, guys want to go cause them some problems. What's <laughs> funny about you even Say hi saying that is that how many music stores are there in downtown, and how there many, was, da- there and how was many downtown one. areas are there here? Right, right, but like specific, specifically the like, I mean, we were like the one. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, in for, that for that particular city, it was it was definitely the only one. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was um, it was a wonderful experience in the uh, sense that I met Ariel, I met Ernie, I met a bunch of other people that you know I genuinely jo- enjoy, and then it was also incredibly traumatic and terrible, <laughs> and it was a little just, damaging. Yeah, it was. You know, there's some some severe employee abuse going on there. Um, <laughs> how they treated people, how they scheduled people, how they talked about people behind their backs, things that you know, you know. Yeah. You just described a uh, pro tip to any like employer fans listening to this show: <laughs> when you talk shit about your employees, it does give back to them. Yeah. You, that uh, you just described my entire experience at Target. Uh, oh right, you were except there. I didn't meet any cool people. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I actually, I take it back. I met two cool people, just two though. Mm-hmm. One was in the makeup department, so I didn't get to see her that often to begin with. The other guy worked with me, but because I worked in well at the time, it's called Flex Fulfillment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's where you shop for people online. Yeah. We'd be at different opposite ends of oh, the store, okay. so I didn't really could see him. But everything else was exactly as you just described. It was the the work was really fun. I had like a little like gun, you know, when they used to use those like laser guns to like scan stuff. And you have you also have like an RFID locator. Mm -hmm. So like you just felt like you were on a mission every time you went out there (laughs) to tag something or grab something. But everybody hated each other. There was one person in particular who was like so down for our manager and i was like why <laughs> like he's like a, i i, I want to think she had a crush on him and that's why she did it no it, she was like she's in her 50s and this guy oh. was like in her his early 30s so i'm like is there a thing where like she's trying something there she's just like the igor constantly like the igor oh, yeah, he's, totally, <laughs> he's cool guys <laughs> it would it, it honestly felt like that because she was the, he was the only person she Did was she nice have a hunchback to. or <laughs> no 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 her name was like yolanda and no relation to no the relation one we know. To the... no uh no relation to the one we know at all uh she was she... like an older white lady yes well 
maybe she was like maybe a little Latina, I think, in there somewhere. She had really short hair, uh, short blonde hair, like the the kind of like the Karen cut, but a little like definitely way shorter. It was shorter. like really round, kind of. Yes, yes, okay. yes, 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 yes. Exactly. Like, that. I'm good at this. Is it like the Stepford Stepford Wives cut? That like short bob like that? yes, close, but it was like so high. I was like, okay, <laughs> okay sure. And then our um. He wasn't our manager. He was our lead, I guess. But it was still there was so much pressure on him that it might as well have been a ma- managerial role. Um, yeah, he um, he's a cool guy. Do you think he even noticed that she was in love with him? Maybe. I mean, it's so obvious that she was so catty with everybody else, and she was like guarding him from all the other young maybe. ladies. <laughs> the young yeah. ladies. There was no young ladies <laughs> in our fucking department. It was just like, te- not teenage. She's but like, like, oh, that Robert guy's really flirtatious. I better. Oh, God. I don't even. He's going to take him away from me. You know, what was, the worst part about that job was that it was local. It mm. was the, it was, I thought at the time it was a great idea to work at my local Target where I mm-hmm. shop. Wrong. <laughs> like so wrong. Yeah. I learned to hate it. I was like, God, I fucking hate this place. <laughs> I you too once I mean? worked at a local shop that I used to actually be a customer at, and God, that went. It's awful. With well, how we just described. It's yeah. awful when when everybody hates each other and it's not a great environment. You know. Well, the best part about uh, where we worked is I actually refused to shop there before I started working there. Yeah. Because I had such a terrible experience when oh I God. first moved to. When I first moved to <laughs> when I first moved to the place that we worked at that city, um, the first thing that I did, like the day that I moved there, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, cool! There's a music store on the main street. Yeah, I'm gonna go down there." So this was like the day that I had moved to this new city from like where I grew up, an entirely different state. So I didn't know anybody, and I'm like, "Cool, a local music store. I want to go support this because that's what I'm about. I love like." doing that rather than shopping on, you know, on Musician's Friend or Sweetwater or something if I don't have to go in there. And it's like, you know, one pitiful selection of guitar stuff, which they're not a guitar store, so it's totally understandable. It was more of an orchestra kind of place. But I go to play one of the guitars, and this guy comes over, and he's like, excuse me, I need you to stop playing that guitar with a pick. And I'm like, what? Wait, you remember this instance? No, I remember the rule. Like, oh. we weren't allowed to let anyone play a guitar with a pick. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, this is like, you know, I obviously had just moved here, and I didn't, you know, know what was going on. And, like, I'm like, is is there a reason? Mm-hmm. And he goes, if you play that with a pick and you scratch it, I can't sell it for as much money. And I'm like, well, right now you're going to sell it for no money because you're telling a customer who's interested in possibly buying this acoustic guitar that they're not allowed to play the guitar the way that a guitar is supposed to be played. How does that make any sense to you? I'm never going to know if this mm. guitar sounds good because you're asking me not to play with the thing that it's supposed to be played with. Yeah. So yeah. I just had such a terrible experience. Like the first second that I stepped in there, that was within the first like two minutes. And I was like, all right, you know what? I don't, you know, I don't need to go back to this store. That's when you put it that way, I mean like... From my perspective, I didn't even give a shit that we had that rule. Yeah. I was like, I fine, I'll tell them to do whatever. Like, yeah, if somebody was like, uh, they're being a little hard on that instrument, I'm like, yeah, that's how you're <laughs> supposed to play it. Like, I'm sorry. 
Do you think somebody's going to come in here and buy a bass and they want to play slap bass, but you're not going to let them like slap on it? Yeah. yeah. I think it's really funny that someone got up your ass so fast over that when we used to have, I mean, we had several customers who would sit there for like hours just playing it and we had to just leave them alone. Yeah. And you know, it's a, it's all, I think favoritism at that point. I was, I was 22. Favoritism or fear. So sorry. Maybe, maybe cause some of them were really drunk. Yeah. Really drunk. Or I think like, <laughs> Um, maybe, maybe like a, a class kind of thing, because mm-hmm. when I came in, you know, guy in his twenties, obviously not a tech worker, not, you know, wealthy and not I've gotten talked down to at a lot of private or like local music stores about playing expensive instruments mm-hmm. and people being worried, Oh, this is just some kid. He's going to damage it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's happened before, but I mean, this wasn't an expensive instrument. It was that's like a me. $200 acoustic guitar. So yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it was just after that, I was like, okay, sour taste in my mouth from that. Like, I'm not really interested. And then, you know, uh, before the pandemic, ended up going and getting a job there. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> weird turnaround. Yeah, fate works like that, don't you think? Yeah. Like, actually, I was, you just reminded me of, like, this is, this is like, in a, in a good way. Like, I, I was talking to the person that I work with, um... When I do like my PA gigs or whatever, mm-hmm. and I I work security for that company, mm-hmm. so just and I, I the way I ended up even doing any PA stuff for them, I took like the long way around. I, it was nothing to do with internal people at all. It took me forever, you know. But I remember telling this person like where the studio is. I'm like, you know, I actually worked my first security shift here. Like that's so crazy to me to think that mm-hmm. you just kind of end up, you know in places that you didn't think you were going to end up like that. I think um, one of the funniest things about working with you at that place is that whenever we had a crazy customer, they always wanted to pick a fight with you out of like all the people working there. Were you like the biggest guy there? Uh, Yeah. Definitely. Especially since like 90% of the people there were like older ladies. Yeah. We had a few older ladies. Um, We had Joshua who was um, a little shorter than you. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we had Ernie, who was about your size. Mm-hmm. And then we had uh, Christian, who was very slight. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so it, uh, yeah, we'd get, like, there's this one um, homeless guy who used to come in. And I've heard of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, uh, my favorite one was he came in, and he's like, I need some picks and a, uh, some strings. And I was like, cool, that's this much money. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm an Ernie Ball sponsored artist. I'm endorsed by them. So you just have to give them to me. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy who very clearly is living on the streets. Yeah. And I'm like, I understand that, man. Like, you could theoretically be endorsed by Ernie Ball. Mm-hmm. I can't say no to that. But what I can tell you is that those endorsements don't work this way. Mm-hmm. You don't just get to walk into a music store and get things for free. Yeah. You have to con- contact your, you know, artist relations person and then them what you need yeah. and then they ship it to you it's not like hey they're just going to reimburse this random music store that you yeah. walked into and got stuff for free mm-hmm. i was like so no, no i'm really sorry but it's this much money for the picks and the strings and he just like loses it he's like threatening to kill us um he like challenged me to a push-up contest and he said he used to be <laughs> a marine and all this stuff yeah and i'm like that's fine man mm-hmm Again, I, I don't need to prove anything to you, so like I'm I'm okay. Can you just please leave? Yeah. And it took us 
I think it took us about a week that one time until he finally stopped coming back to the store because the owner of the store mm-hmm. wouldn't call the cops on him. Never. She's like, oh, he's harmless. He comes in here all the time. You know, we'll just, we'll get him to leave and tell him, like, he can't come in as much. And then she, like, had me give him a guitar for free. What? Wait, really? Yeah, one of the old busted-ass, like, classical guitars that I had been fixing up. Because he was like, oh, somebody stole my guitar. I want to buy a new one. And then he'd bring in, like, a stolen credit card and try and buy the guitar with it. And What then the fuck is this She eventually was like, what? can you just give this guy a guitar, like, the, one of our rentals that's all jammed? Like, out of desperation, yeah, just, just a free guitar? This, yeah. I was like, all right. Uh, if you give a mouse a cookie, you know, like. <laughs> He's going to come back and threaten to kill your employees. That, was yes. It, was it the thing? So, like, this was a long time ago at this point. But wasn't the thing that finally got him oh, out of me. here? Give me a second. <laughs> Who's that? It's brother. <laughs> we're not at the usual spot. But we're still at a, if you a hear house something. where people live in. <laughs> we're still at, a, we're at another house where people live. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah. They were good. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it was a few years ago, but what finally got him banned for like that week was he started hitting on some of the teenagers, right? <gasps> Whoa, yeah. that's yeah. a no-go, dude. I think I was in his 40s or 50s, and oh, I was just, ugh. Jesus. Like, little, like, 16-year-old girls who were in there after ugh. school. Yeah. Super creep. They're just, like, wanting to go to their flute lesson. Yeah. You know, and go home. Dude. Uh, he, he did hit on one of our co-workers, too. I remember one time he couldn't afford a guitar, mm-hmm. and then... He was trying to, like, sweet talk her so that she would let him get it anyway or put it on, like, his tab as if that was tab? a thing. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Is Sorry, is this, this a general store for Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> it's just like a saloon counter. Mm. You know? But she she was like, I can't do that. That's not a thing. Um, and then he's like, "If I can you hold on to it so I can come back with money? And she was like, if you can come back with money, sure. And then he left, mm-hmm. and he came back with, like, a huge stuffed teddy bear because it was, like, oh, Valentine's Day. So he had money for that, and he tried to give it to her in exchange for the guitar. And then Ernie just ended up adopting it. Yeah, I remember Ernie took that. Yeah. Wow. My other favorite thing about that guy is he thought he was a music teacher. And so he would use that. He would try to use that to get discounts, and also as an excuse to talk to the kids in the store. So uh. when pe- if people questioned him on it, he'd be like, "I'm a music teacher. Look!" And then he'd roll up his sleeve and show this tattoo of like a music note. Like that was his his card. That's <laughs> that's how it's we like, know. See, I have a license. That somebody's telling the truth about something. Exactly. Wait, it's okay. permanent. So I, have the- a, I have a tattoo about it, so it must be true. <laughs> Wait, so this was a weekly thing and just kept happening. It's fairly regular. Yeah, he, uh, he was around a lot. Sometimes I mean, he'd disappear like yeah, he'd on his own for a, for a while, but then he'd come right back, back and, and we weren't allowed to really problems. kick him out. Every time he came back, were you guys like, oh, fuck, again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if you can imagine me, like, I have, like, notoriously bad facial recognition, so he could leave for a couple months and I wouldn't realize it was him at first. Uh, so it's gotcha. like, until he started talking mm-hmm. or singing, basically. Or showing his arm did he, around. Did he sing good? No. No. Fuck. He's one of those kind Can't of like do that. <laughs> yelling people. Yeah. Oh. I think like Bob Dylan rambling, but like. Very even incoherent. Even more yelpy. I mean, granted, Bob Dylan's already pretty incoherent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why right. when you said that, I was like, I could imagine like, what those fuck that sound like. Dude. Oh my we God. We couldn't do shit about it. I wonder if like 
I wonder if she ever hooked up with him and she was just like had the, like a Ooh. soft spot, like the the person who owned the store. Oh, I kind of doubt that. Yeah. <laughs> or like, I think she was just really trying to be nice. And but she wouldn't like be nice couldn't... to you? <laughs> no, 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 no. The owner, the oh, the owner was cool. fantastic. Oh, yeah, okay. It was okay, the yeah, manager yeah. was the one. Oh. Who, yeah. I always get those two confused. Sorry. Yeah. It, honestly, it, mm-hmm. it just, the whole thing started off on the wrong foot because the mm-hmm. man or the manager wasn't there when I got hired. The owner just hired me. Yeah. And the manager wasn't involved. And she, like, I guess took that, like, she was kind of intimidated by you because, like, you kind of just walked in the door, like, having a lot of expertise on guitars and stuff, which Mm -hmm. we hadn't had in a long time. I mean, we didn't do guitar repairs basically until you start working there. Mm -hmm. And then then that became a thing. So I guess that was a little intimidating and Mm -hmm. sudden. Yeah. But that's all right. You know, I kind of just look at it as. All the awful stuff was just for getting the opportunities for where now I make my living entirely off of music. Yeah. I might not have done that if I hadn't worked at that store to like mm-hmm. start my lessons and go to go to NAM and, you yeah. know, get introduced to a lot of the people that now I'm able to like kind of build a career off of. So Yeah. We were just talking about that before like we started recording. I mean, it sounds like you're doing awesome right now. Yeah. yeah it's uh it's been really awesome in the last like year or so had a lot of really good opportunities um i had a show last week at the catalyst um which is like a huge venue here oh in santa cruz in santa cruz right Ooh. um opening for soulfly which i don't know if you know them but they're this huge brazilian metal band hmm. um like internationally famous like been touring for the last like 20 something years Damn. like nice. i used to go see them play in high school yeah and was like stoked at how like big they were then and like they're still doing it and mm-hmm. i got a chance to open for them so it's like sold out show at the catalyst and damn um just getting a lot of music out there uh starting to get like some good opportunities from other companies for like sponsorship stuff so yeah it's Hell uh yeah. it's been a lot of like building a foundation over the last few years since the pandemic kind of like reset everything in the world but <laughs> that is what know, it felt like I uh, yeah. I know it was really hard on a lot of people for the pandemic, but I got really lucky that I was able to actually like continue doing the thing that I was passionate for or passionate about. And yeah. Yeah. Use all the like chaos is like, okay, you know what? I'm never going to go back to work like at a normal job again. Whatever like the reality of how many extra gigs I have to take, how much like side stuff for like songwriting or mixing and mastering mm-hmm. outside of like lessons that I need to do to support myself. Like, happy to do that and bust my ass but like i'm not gonna have a boss anymore and Mm -hmm. you know i've been fortunate that it's it's worked out the last few years about it yeah Yeah. in a weird way that's kind of been like the advantage of the pandemic for a bunch of us because we've been in we've sort of been forced to like be in this position where we can just start throwing ourselves into what we really want to do and focus so hard on that and and and, like you've been getting contract uh, contract work too i'm starting to get in there too so it worked out in that weird kind yeah. of way very for yeah. a national emergency mm-hmm. yeah i mean i was telling you, i was talking to like an old professor today mm-hmm. uh, yeah just not everything but like at least the very beginning of it was pure stroke of luck mm-hmm. of like just being at the right place at the right time yeah. you know what i mean which is half the game mm-hmm. you know you just got to be ready for that moment yeah just... I, even i was looking at like people who are like you know, internationally recognized musicians, some of them aren't even all that talented. There, there are so many millions and millions of talented people, driven people, dedicated yeah. people. And sometimes it's about like 
I just happened to be in the right place at the right time or somebody mm-hmm. shared this thing that I did and a bunch of other people really liked it and shared it and they just mm-hmm. like built on that. And so I tried not to like, and I know this is really hard for a lot of creative people is not comparing myself to other people. Definitely. You know, especially people yeah. who are already in a position oh my God. of Especially when they're your friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> what am I going to do that to? <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's all about like, the consistency and the dedication and sometimes it's just about luck and talking to the right person yeah sometimes it's about you know like just continuing to grind so mm-hmm. you know i've i've been discouraged a lot in the past about stuff years ago you know like mm-hmm. dug myself into a hole and was just depressed and my life was fucking over because mm-hmm. like this isn't happening and you know i try mm-hmm. not to like let myself like get in that mindset anymore because you know if it happens that's great and yeah. if it doesn't happen like i'm still you know, busting my ass to do something that I love and I'm stoked about that and whatever level of success I ultimately have with it, like, I'm still going to be proud of, like, the work that I did and the things that I, you know, produced and, you know, so I know that, like, you guys, you've got a a bunch of stuff that you're working on right now, so uh, what's, like, the timeline for what's going to be put out soon? Like, you guys said you're finishing up uh, the sketch for breakfast fairy yeah yeah like, i wonder uh, why you're bringing that one up <laughs> uh, yeah uh that's the one i'm uh, most familiar with <laughs> some, more, some more doomsday sister wives lore ben you've helped us um to date with two different songs at this point mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so we did actually we do have complete music video somewhere yes um, it's just that is true I wonder if that'll ever see the light of day you know i probably will now yeah only because and i'm saying that only because um, because we're, we're, we're finally starting to take control of our own stuff. That's true. Like, um, with that, like it kind of, it took a, a seat on, mm-hmm. the, on the back burner and then obviously the pandemic happened and then, like, yeah. and then all of a sudden, like, it is everything that had to do with that project. Like it just kind of like slipped away from us, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, like sand through our fingers. Uh, and we just never got back to it yeah uh and then you know i always tried to like uh, you know i'll take i take a lot of the blame for that because a lot of like over the years what i tried to kind of find was a consistent editor who was like who could get the timing of the things we were trying to do Mm -hmm. and it never happened because every time i found an editor there was always an issue with them and it wasn't, it was not at all personal. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't, it didn't have to do with skill. It was just like very no, genre. kind. All of, of them thing. were very skilled. Yeah. Like, yeah. We know a lot of really skilled editors. Yeah. With the first one, again, the pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. So that never came to fruition. Then we had another editor that we worked on with a different project. Super good really unreliable like so unreliable which is not her fault she had a whole life Mm -hmm. you know what i mean that's why that happened uh then you know another person unreliable but really talented like incredibly talented so fucking talented it's crazy um and then the you know again it's just the same story not unreliable but like it's the same story just always something happening with the last person it was the timing, like, uh, because I think they're more used to, like, music videos and stuff mm. like that. Great editor, mm-hmm. just not used to comedy. So, and that's what prompted this change that's, like, 
very recent for us where we were like, yeah. fuck it, you know? Like, <laughs> we just reclaimed all the footage. Yeah, and all the audio I took it all started. back. And then, yeah. I mean, this, I'm just going to admit this. I shouldn't, but I'll just admit <laughs> it. I've always paid for the entire Adobe suite. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was another motivating factor for me to just take all of our footage back. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck it. I already pay like $50 a month for Adobe. Yeah. So we'll just fucking put it in there and we'll learn as we go i guess yeah which you know in hindsight that was the move Mm -hmm. um but i was so focused on trying to get better at producing that i just didn't want to add something on top of that um because my whole thing was like let's just get good at this one thing Mm -hmm. like just really fucking good you know what i mean which goal semi-accomplished i have a reputation for being a decent producer yeah at the same time that's the only skill i have so like (laughs) so you know what i mean i'm good at one thing which is which is fine but now it's time to get good at the other thing when you consider i mean editing it's like neither everything so it's a good mm -hmm. like we've been working on it together like we've been literally sitting next to each other and going through it together I know the um, Wonder Twins is a terrible analogy, and we've been through this before, <laughs> but, like, it's almost like, you know, I need her, and, and she needs me to, like, edit. Mm-hmm. You know, we need each other to get it started, because mm-hmm. without yeah. the other, like, we're, like... We like, don't know if it looks right. Yeah. It's it, like we both we both know what we're going for. And honestly, yeah. like, I feel like you're really tapped into our style as well, because I've been... Um, for the two songs that we've worked on together, I've basically mm-hmm. like pitched something to you and been like, I want it to sound like a little like this other thing. And then you just kind of like throw it together. And then it just like happens really magically that yeah. way. Like that's, that's been such an easy process working with you. Yeah. Cause you kind um, I think it, it probably helped to establish our sense of humor by during downtime at work. We just get on <laughs> on YouTube and we start playing all these bullshit videos and we're like, Oh yeah. Weird, weird stuff. Yeah. That's a vibe. Yeah. Um, well, your guys' your sense of humor is is very similar to something that I love to pieces, but Tim and Eric Awesome Show. Yeah. Um, you know, so when, when you pitch things to me, I'm like, what would this be like if it were a Tim and Eric sketch? Like, one of my favorite things they've done is the um, the David Cross episode where he's the pizza delivery guy. If you've seen that one, I am not familiar with Tim and Eric, Sounds but I awesome. get the spirit of it. Yeah, you, you know David Crosses though, right? Yes, I do. As okay. soon as you said that, I'm, yeah, it's probably really funny. I mean, you know, they they'd always do. I mean, like the most over the top ridiculous stuff, and some of it is yeah. just it's so hard to watch sometimes. But uh, you know, it's it, just... it is a similar. Sorry, but um, I feel like Tim and Eric is like a little before his time, which is a thing. But if you think, think yeah, 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 um, it is similar to I think you should leave. Yeah, like Tim Robinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That time, yeah. style of like, yeah, I I love that stuff. Just I mean, weird I, and like borderline creepy. Yeah, I've yeah, always yeah. been familiar with David Cross's work, mm-hmm. and he's. I mean, I just saw him on a podcast not too long ago, and goddamn, he's just so funny. Like, just in conversation, bouncing things off mm-hmm. it, and he, you could just see it in his head, like just off the dome, the things he says, and people like him. It's um, they just think different. I don't know. I feel like yeah. you have to think a certain way to get mm-hmm. into that and also do it effectively. Yeah. I feel like I'm learning how to think that way just because it's like a style I really like. And so I want to pull it off. Yeah. But it's definitely not not something you can find everywhere. Yeah. Oh, but back to what you were saying earlier. So that music video probably will see the light of day 
uh, now that like this new skill we're developing is like oh, that's on true. the table. Yeah, we can, yeah, I yeah. guess we can put it together. Yeah, we can point. put it yeah. together. I'm sure. I actually do think I know where that footage is. Um, and then the thing we're working on now, like, I mean, it's looking pretty good. Like, yeah, I'm excited for you to see it now. I, I yeah. feel like. Oh, we brought a rough cut for you. Yeah. Like, so you yeah. can see like, what it looks it's like so like far. It's like 75%. Pretty, or yeah. like 80% done, I guess. Like Almost, the very yeah. end. We, we got to the end of the song and a little bit afterwards. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. so all the important parts basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that that struggle of like having to rely on other people to do stuff, which oh, is man. one of the reasons why I do like my own mixing for the most part now mm-hmm. all my like editing for you know i send uh, my most recent single i sent off to have mixed by somebody else because it's just you know i've been listening to it for like a year since mm-hmm. i started writing it and i couldn't be objective about it anymore mm-hmm. yeah. yeah teaching myself to like do all my edits for like when i do youtube videos or like my music video that i put out i did all the editing mm-hmm. for um which by the way juan did the most incredible oh job. yeah I set, I set you up he, with Vaughn yeah oh nice see see okay see this is what I why why um we were talking about him yeah, earlier yeah. too no, no, right. I, yeah yeah um because I worked with him on a short mm-hmm. he he's really he's he really did awesome skilled. he made you look yeah. so good he did yeah yeah, yeah which he, is like no small feat I, I was I mean even just the raw footage that I got from him before uh, I started course. editing yeah. it I was like where is this guy? Been? Oh my gosh! Like, I, I don't know if you've seen it, but like he worked on this movie called Grilled. Uh, oh, and with one of our friends. Yeah, it's like a. Let me see that. It's like a short film version of like the menu. Oh, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And like just the way it's shot and everything, it's it's beautiful. Like, yeah, he, he did yeah. a great job. So yeah, I don't yeah. know if he listens to this podcast, but uh, I think. Oh wait, he does actually. Hi really? Juan. Hi Juan. Hey, Juan. <laughs> I was just talking to him earlier because he was asking for some recommendations for progressive metal bands. And was like, oh, yeah, that's so cool. Friendship. Yep. Yeah, nice. you can look uh, forward to a call from me, Juan, in like a couple months <laughs> if you're listening to this. Oh, actually, yeah, Juan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't tell you what it is yet, but uh, I'll tell you that you will. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like a big secret. We were just talking to you about it. Yeah. I just because I, I didn't want to get into details just right now. But stay, like, yeah. stay on your toes, <laughs> I guess. That was yeah, such I'm, a non cliffhanger. I was telling them earlier too. I was like, "Yeah, I got a couple other music videos coming up for a band that I would love to hire him for because oh, that's awesome." Yeah, he just, you know, the guys who did my previous music video were great. Mm-hmm. Um, they moved to LA, and he just like, I mean, they did great, but he did incredible. Right. So like, when you find somebody like that, I it's know. Like, Thank God that's that's one of my favorite things about like. You're you're t- you're saying earlier about like handing things off to people or, or whatnot, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I actually find that I don't know. I don't even know how to describe. it. I think it's because I love a collaborative effort so much. Same. Um, yeah. I've never been like an auteur ever. Like in anything that I've made, I've never spirit. I've I've always spearheaded, sure, but like to like actually take the helm of every single department, I've never done that. Yeah. Um, it's just not my style personally um but that's that's the main reason i always looked for an editor because mm-hmm. i was like oh, i know like i just want somebody i can like you know rely on and whatnot it's just the one thing that i can never find but yeah. well, i mean i think for me it, it's less about like i need to do everything myself and mm-hmm. more of like i've been let down by people who like people not fulfilling timelines yeah. people bringing me back work that's you know not what i asked for yeah. um the stuff like videography, like obviously for a YouTube video filming at home, I'm yeah. going to do that myself. For a music video, 
not going to do that myself. But mm-hmm. also, I do like working with other people. Like, mm-hmm. if I had an editor that I could rely on and who wasn't expensive, that's my other thing is I oh, do yeah. a lot of this stuff because it's just, you know, making a living off of music is, is great. I'm stoked that I'm able to do it. Yeah. But it also does put a lot of constraints on, like, what you're able to invest your money in versus what you're investing your time in. Right. So there's always that trade-off. So looking for, like, okay – if I have X amount for this project, you know, I need to do a music video. I need to get this mixed. I need to do album artwork, all this other stuff. How many of those things are things that I'm willing to pay for? And what do I want to pay more for so that I get a better product Mm -hmm. versus spreading that same amount of money off over like six different aspects of it. Right. So for me, like investing in getting it filmed properly and getting it mixed by somebody else was like, focal point right so then album artwork editing you know all that sort of stuff kind of falls back on my lap Mm -hmm. um yeah like ideally i would love to just show up and record the notes and have Mm -hmm. everyone else do everything you (laughs) know for me everyone do what they do best yeah 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 i mean i feel i think we sort of talked about this where i because we were talking about the collaborative aspect Mm -hmm. and how i really I guess I'm sort of half and half. You said you're not an auteur. I think I'm like a part-time auteur, mm-hmm. you know, because um, I do have those experiences where I am really excited to work with other people mm-hmm. in those situations where I know they'll come up with ideas or solutions that mm-hmm. I would never be able to come up with on my own, mm-hmm. even in like writer's rooms. Cause like I'm, I'm like mainly a writer, mm-hmm. but I also like working with other writers cause they'll come up with like a storyline or a joke that I wouldn't come up with. Yeah. And then, um, oh, that's why I love having Sam in the room. Yeah. He's yeah. So Sam's great. Alan's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Noreen and John are great. Uh, where, was, where was I going with this? Uh, are you a part-time auteur? Right. Yes. Yes. So Don't worry. I was listening to what <laughs> you were saying. <laughs> Thank sorry. you. Um, it's been a long week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, so I, I like those collaborative things, especially with people doing camera work or editing and stuff like that. You know, way more about those than me. I'm so receptive to their feedback on video projects and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then I also have my own, like my personal scripts that I've written just like by myself. I get really protective over. Mm-hmm. And I also have been leaning towards things. Um, I guess I am a control freak in a way because, <laughs> you know, I've been sort of power tripping with our editing adventures. And then also mm-hmm. I'm leaning into these uh, more solo kinds of things like um, learning animation just like for fun. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Um, so, yeah. So I've started doing that and then also like dipping into stand up because I do really like being in control <laughs> of everything and also like not having to rely on other people. So uh, it's like, I love the collaborative stuff, but it also stresses me out like in a way because mm-hmm. I have to rely on other people to do things. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say if, uh, you need any advice on stand-up stuff? My buddy Albie does stand-up around the area. I actually oh, yeah. just saw him like two days ago um, at Rooster Tea Feathers, but he does like the Jose Improv and you know a lot of other places. Um, so he always tries to push me to to do stand-up too. And oh, I'm really? like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> have you ever tried writing writing a bit or something? I have not tried. No, I mean I I do a lot of writing for like lyrics, um, poems, and like working on a book um, that I think I told you about ages ago. But right, right. I've yeah. not tried, tried to actually write in a stand-up bit. Um, it's definitely hard. Yeah, I've I, written a handful at this point. It's just like a matter of taking it onto a stage. Yeah, and then actually trying that. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, if you, uh, if you want me to send you his information, I'm sure he could let you know, like, good places to, like, talk to about okay. how to get onto open mics. Yeah, because I think, like, you've done an open mic so far. Yeah. But, like, I'm not sure mic. about that particular venue just because they, they got a little upset. They definitely got upset with me to some degree. The audience is cool with me, but the owner content was... Content-wise or... Content-wise. Because content I did great, but then when I got off, he uh, he... He came up to me, and uh, I think it was it was more definitely it was more to say like good job because I mm-hmm. I mean you know not to suck my own dick but I I, I did the best out mm-hmm. of everyone who went that night because I went there you know what yeah. I mean yeah yeah I, but I knew that I was like well if you, you kind of did gonna... you you went up there just completely out of spite didn't you just because like everyone yes, else was playing. I did do it out of spite they were for playing sure. it too safe yeah yeah, yeah. yeah sometimes you got to poke the bear yeah well I mean half and half right i gave myself like conditions i was like if the guy specifically points at the balcony and asks someone up here to do that then i'll go mm-hmm. but otherwise i won't right and then he did do that and i was like oh fuck now i gotta go um but yeah he, he stopped me on the way back up to the balcony he was like you did really great uh yeah, I really wish you wouldn't have said some of that stuff though. And I was like, I was like, whatever, dude. Like, you know, like, eh, I didn't, I didn't really care. I was like, I'm never coming back here. Like, I don't give mm. a fuck. Yeah. Um, I already yeah. said it. Can't take it back. So. Right. Exactly. And that was like, that was like such a like one hit wonder thing for me because I I constructed my set mm. the entire night. Like oh, I, I was on the spot. Just I was the sitting there nice. thinking about like where I was gonna take one joke after the other, mm. and then like. Yeah. It was, it was literally, you're kind, of, you're kind of like listening to other people's sets and being like, that sucked. Here's how, here's what I would do instead. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. My opener was like a really like in your face kind of thing. I knew, I knew that I wanted to just grab them mm-hmm. and just like shake them. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, listen to this instead. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I got really lucky that I just put it together as I li- literally to like the last second. Mm-hmm. because the last person was in the middle of finishing, I think when I went to the bathroom and as I was in the bathroom, I made up my last joke. Uh, I was like, Oh, that's what I would say about this. Interestingly enough, I, I made up the joke while I was looking at my penis. Uh, <laughs> I was like, Oh, this is like, like oh, two jokes in one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty close. Actually. You're so close to what it was. Yeah. Sorry. The opportunity was, there. No, no, it was great. No. Oh man. But yeah. And then I went back up and then he asked who wanted to go up and then I went up. Yeah. yeah. And I was the last person of the night. Um, but I, I don't know if I have that in me again. Because, again, I, I just made it up. I, I, mm-hmm. Not on the spot. I made it up throughout the night. So yeah. over yeah. the course of, like, two hours, I made the whole thing. I'm not sure if I could do it that way. Like, the ones that I've been writing, I've been, like, writing. That's, out, that's like, kind of my of point, is I don't think I could do that again. Yeah. It was such a one-time thing that my just brain was, like, was on. On firing on all cylinders. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was just in the right conditions to make mm-hmm. that happen. Well, yeah. uh... My buddy, he was the one that I was, he, he also, he was the one that was run that other podcast. I was telling you, they're like, mm. some of the most foul, you know, extreme things you ever hear. And you're like, yeah. Uh, the one guy, Jimmy James, that's on that podcast, he uh-huh. is a trip. I don't think there's anything in the world that those two will not say or oh, talk awesome. about. Yeah. But that's how my buddy Albie's stand up is, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's no like holding back. He's God. not like playing it safe. And he plays it like, you know, 
places all around the bay to do to stand up so there are a lot okay. of places out there that you won't have to worry about like oh am i gonna offend somebody's children no it's like yeah you know that was my goal i just <laughs> didn't care i was if like that's my fear crying, yeah let's go mission accomplished you know one yeah. of my i just I, need a safe space to start talking about my vagina yeah <laughs> and, uh, one yeah. of you'll, you'll be able to the the plate roosters that i went to on on wednesday yeah 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 lots of lots of stuff like that Damn. perfect yeah, I think one of the one of the worst things I heard that night that was it was so egregious it made me extra mad. Um, it was a person who, in the middle of, the, I think they ran out of shit to say, mm-hmm. and they admitted it, which was fine. They're like, "I have no more things to say out of my notebook," and then he said like, in the nerdiest way possible. <laughs> well, that's how she sounded to me. I was like, "Whatever." Uh, so I thought she was gonna riff, mm-hmm. and which was fine. Like, try it out. But no, she ended up being like she ended up getting like semi political, which is fine. I talk politics, but at least say a joke. It's the mm-hmm. fact that she didn't say a joke that got me. She's looking for like applause. Oh, I was like, have a rant and... yeah, I couldn't even believe it was happening in front of me. I was like, what the? Are you literally looking for people to just cheer for you right now? Yeah. And one of the worst things that she said, the worst one, was I don't think um, I don't think our police department is doing enough for Ukraine. <laughs> And I was like, what the fuck are you even talking about right now? Like, what? Sh- shut the fuck up. So that's the, that was really the moment that got me started. She just starts going, and I don't think you should kick puppies and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah, that was the moment that really got me started. I was like, shut the fuck. I really wanted to, like, heckle her mm. and be like, shut the fuck up. But I was like, on the off chance that I go later, uh, I probably <laughs> should. Everyone's going to be like, hey, that's that jackass. That's that motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. There's that guy who hates Ukraine. I didn't want to. Yeah, so I was like, uh, let's just not do anything about that uh but yeah she was terrible yeah if if like you run out of stuff because like that's such a low stakes like it was an open mic at a coffee place yeah right like Mm -hmm. if you run out of stuff just be like okay that's all for me you know just just end on a solid note the other thing that helped me was that like i i had the setups and i had the punchlines in my head and when I, i had like maybe five jokes total for the set right a minute each probably and so because i think we have five minutes up there so uh four out of five of them hit exactly the way i wanted them to which i was really surprised i was like and now you laugh (laughs) and it did they did and then it was the the one that threw me off I said it, and I was like, I guess that wasn't funny. Uh, <laughs> let me keep going. It's so hard to push through that moment because you get nervous. Yeah. You're like, uh, that one didn't work. Uh. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. I think it's like, because for me, it's, it's something mm-hmm. I haven't. I mean, I guess it's like I have been on stage plenty of times. Mm-hmm. I've done plenty of <laughs> solos. I have done mm-hmm. monologues. I've done like this and that. I've did a, I did a kick-ass wedding toast. That's right. <laughs> I did the best wedding toast. Um <laughs> Well, things like that, but I think, like, what would really seal for me is if I have a moment like that and I just Mm -hmm. survive it, you know? Yeah. It's, like, if I can handle, like, an awkward or, like, just people not laughing at me. Yeah. And if I can just survive that, then that will show me, like, I could do that again. That's also part of the reason I never want to go back up again, because I was, like, I can't even believe I pulled that off on the first Mm try. Let's keep, let's, uh, let's. It is, like, I'm always uh, winning with my stand-up. I was really hoping to bomb. Like, Mm -hmm. I know, like, nobody wants to bomb. But I was, like, if I could get the shitty one out of the way uh, to, like, 
maybe do it later again better. Like, mm-hmm. that would be really cool. And then it didn't go that way. And I was like, ah, f- yeah. great. Now what? But also, I didn't even, I, I did enjoy it for what it was, but I didn't, it didn't give me a, the, yeah. the high that I wanted, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally, just like a week ago, I was thinking, it's like, how many times have I publicly humiliated myself already and survived? <laughs> you know? That's a great way to look at it. It's just, I would hate Like, to it's bomb. not going to kill me. Like, it's going to mm-hmm. really suck, probably. But, yeah. like, I've probably done worse. Yeah. yeah. It's fair. I mean, you know. I wake up every day and I walk out of the house looking like this, and I'm like, uh, somebody's gonna laugh. Oh, come on, you, you were. <laughs> so I think we're just talking about beautifully sculpted right. face. Right, classically, classically handsome, blonde bicep of a man sitting here. I, I feel like a train wreck half the time I leave my house, and whenever uh-huh. I go on stage, I always think about, you know what? At least I'm not Kirk Hammett because he goes on stage every day and he plays his guitar like he has no idea what he's doing and he's so confident in it. Who is it? It could be worse. That's Metallica's guitarist. Oh, oh. I hate him so much. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I, I, I would never stop talking shit about Kirk Hammett. Um, yeah, I, you know, whenever I think about like publicly embarrassing myself, like, you know, I'm going to make mistakes on stage. The last two shows that I played, I broke a string mm-hmm. during the same song, the same solo, and the same bend during the song. The exact same second Dang. song, two shows in a row. Broke wow. string, fucked for the rest of the song because the whole guitar goes out of tune. Damn. And I'm like, you know what? I'm playing a show in front of like 100 people right now, and uh, I sound like shit because my guitar is out of tune, and there's literally nothing I can do about it. Yeah. That's all right. I'm not going to stress about it because if that's the most embarrassing thing that ever happens to me in my life, that's all right. You know, I can get past that. I think I've I've just not had enough public humiliation moments (laughs) where like any anything that's happened to me for the most part, I was able to like tumble my way out of it. You know what I mean? Like a great, a great example. It's not public or on stage, but you know that story I just told you about earlier when I so I was I was oh, yeah, working yeah. at a gig, like a PA gig. Mm. Um, I can't go home. Home is not nearby, so I was trying to fix this cart that was in their storage just because I was organizing the entire storage room the whole day. Um, and so I found the problem. It was right underneath it. So I was like, "Fuck, I'm gonna have to." you know, get down on my knees for this, whatever. So I bend down on one knee and then I look at the wheel that has the problem. I find the problem and I go, cool. I know how to fix it. I take out the little tool to fix it and I lunge forward and the entire right side of my jeans split open and you could just see all of my underwear. Like it was just like awful. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy fuck. And the only reason I did not panic is because I have a go bag at all times on me. Nice. So I was like, well, I know I fucking have a second pair of jeans on me. Thank God. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't imagine how the fuck I would have dealt with that whole situation. Cause I had like four hours to go in the day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, Oh, Hey, I'm going to go home earlier. Yeah. I, I was actually talking to you about that. Where like, I guess my reaction would have been like, you just yelling for no reason. <laughs> just be like, shut the fuck up. I need to look, I need to fucking go home. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, okay, geez, go home. All right. <laughs> But yeah, I was walking around the building with like my my um, jacket in front of me, mm-hmm. like and with my <laughs> with my little bag, just trying to find the the uh, handicap bathroom, just so like I could have a whole room to myself and yeah. change. And I try to be in a story. 
Yeah, I don't. You drop yeah. your pants in the toilet. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, just never happened to you when you're like changing in a stall before. No, I mean, I've dropped clothes in the toilet. That's my nightmare. Are you being serious? Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. I do everything I can to avoid that. Like holy fuck! Uh, when I used to work at Pete's when I first moved here, I worked at this Pete's in Palo Alto, mm-hmm. and uh, I went to somewhere and then i went to safeway to like change my clothes because i'd gotten Mm -hmm. all sweaty whatever the fuck i was doing i don't even remember Mm -hmm. and i was changing my clothes and dropped my jeans in the toilet (laughs) so they're in the toilet so i'm bending over to get them out and then the socks that i have sitting on my shoulder drop into that's so funny dude. guess i'm just gonna be fucking sweaty all right let's go that's <laughs> awful dude no that's, that's never like the world telling you suck it up be yeah, sweaty yeah. i've actually been so fortunate never to even drop my phone in the toilet and i know mm-hmm. that one happens to quite a few people i did that yeah. once like a really long time ago but holy was... fuck how did you get through that it was it was like granted it was a few years before my osd got really bad so oh, okay, i survived gotcha. okay <laughs> I do have like a, I have like a really stupid story actually, what? OCD related, and it's what fun fact it happened like during a class that oh. you and I had. Oh really? So it was like um, we had these screenwriting classes. They were like four hours long, mm-hmm. and then there'd be like a break I in the middle. They were that long. Yeah, they were yeah. super long. It, I mean, they flew by. We had a good time with the people That's there, true. obviously. But um, one of the stupidest like OCD related stories I had uh, when we used to go to classes, you know, pre-pandemic when I used to dress up mm-hmm. and I would wear like skirts and my nylons and my heels and all that shit just because yeah. it made me feel like in the zone to start mm-hmm. writing and stuff like that, which is like dumb. But I mm-hmm. did I, all that's that. totally valid. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I, those are some awesome outfits. I do remember them. Like when I look Thanks. at my creative process, like there are definitely things that like help like get you in like the mindset to really like flow and be creative yeah so I, I mean i think a lot of it just that. had to do with it being like that was the only place at the time where i felt competent at anything so mm-hmm. i just leaned into it really hard but this one time i went to the bathroom during a break and like i, I was wearing a skirt and i realized like i accidentally touched the toilet with my underwear oh. and it was like thong underwear and it's like i don't want that in my crack you know yeah. So I, I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? Uh-huh. You know, I'm like wearing a skirt and nylons. Yeah. And now I don't want my underwear. And so I ended up just taking it off and I was like not wearing underwear for the rest of that class. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. And then when I look back on it, it was like, that's disgusting. <laughs> I, I, the kind of person where like, I don't externally mm-hmm. freak out about a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but it's very much that like Boy Scout mentality of like, be prepared for like whatever's gonna happen do mm. everything humanly possible ahead of time yeah. or to make plans for like contingencies or some emergency happening mm-hmm. so having like a very relaxed like approach to my day sometimes mm-hmm. just stresses me out interesting and it's I something that I, I work really hard to like not let it you know cause issues mm-hmm. or like be something that overwhelms me but mm-hmm. yeah definitely there's always like in my head it's like this could go wrong. This could go wrong. Oh shit! This could possibly happen. Like, what about this? Oh, you're what are you not even thinking about this? What yeah, if this that's interesting, dude. Yeah. That's relatable for me. I always end up like piling on a lot of responsibility on me to make sure absolutely nothing goes wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've been on trips with me before. The way I pack like an entire like <laughs> yeah. mom kit with all these kinds of medicine. It was like, what if we all get diarrhea? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just like I'm planning for just about anything. I have extras of everything. Yeah. I don't, it's like, if we get 
stranded somewhere, it's going to be my fault somehow. <laughs> I, I bounce back and forth between both modes. And I don't know what the difference is for me yet. I'm so uh, oblivious to my own um, like patterns and stuff like that. Like I, I'm good at other things. Like Externally, I, I, I'm not terrible at identifying certain things and being like, oh, this is how this works. That's how that works. Mm -hmm. Whatever. But when it comes to my own stuff, like... Yeah, I have a tendency to bounce back. There are some it's not it's not an anxiety thing though. It's just a thing of like, oh, I need to be prepared for this thing and I will make the preparations for everything. But then, you know, when I do have that anxiety, it goes the opposite way where I'm like, I'll just leave it till later. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then like I try to find the most like Hail Mary like like solution to it mm -hmm. and then like 90% of the time it works. Like I remember once, I remember once we were driving back to your house. I was dropping you off from a shoe, and you're like, "I can't believe that went so well." And yeah. I was like, "Me neither, actually," because I was so not fucking prepared for that. Like I just kind of fucking just, I just, you know, hope for the best with how you know whatever my plan came together. I was like, "Yeah, we don't have this. We don't have that. We don't have the other thing. Whatever. Let's just let's just hope it works." And then it works, and I'm like. Uh, that's my favorite kind of shoot when you find out after the fact like you were prepared when you're worried about yeah, not being I've heard prepared that, I've heard that too many times for my own good where somebody was like that went really well and I'm like really? because <laughs> you have no idea like what the fuck happened like the last couple days where this could have went sideways so bad mm -hmm. you know what I mean but then it makes me feel good when like I actually did do the thing where I'm like okay this this is good this is good everything's good to go and then somebody tells me like that was great. And I'm like, of course it was. Mm -hmm. What do you mm -hmm. think? This is amateur hour? No. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, I don't know what's wrong with me. Uh, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> it's so hard for me to be consistent. I guess with time, like, we just have to go feel less and less scary, I mm. hope. Uh, yeah. Do things get less scary? I don't know. I think they um, do. I've never felt less scared. You know, I think a lot of it's just about your approach. Um, mm -hmm. I don't feel any more confident as a person than i did 10 years ago or 15 years ago like mm -hmm. i still feel like i should be in high school like having somebody else make sure i have a roof over my head sometimes mm -hmm. which is very obviously not the case i'm mm -hmm. 35 so that's mm -hmm. you know uh been adult for a long time and been taking care of myself for a long time but mm -hmm. still sometimes it like it's like how am i getting through this why oh, do people man. trust me to like live my own life like mm -hmm. why is all this responsibility something i'm actually handling and not like oh, driving my life into the ground so. i feel like those thoughts are gonna get come to me like when i start getting paid for everything and i have to start paying for everything because mm -hmm. i'm not there yet like i don't pay yeah, rent i don't like i don't even pay my own health insurance you know what i mean like mm -hmm. i just pay my insurance and like a couple of like you know a hulu or something like that you know what i mean yeah. uh i mean i have like have debt so i know i have to take care of that i mean it's my it might as well be rent honestly yeah. but the fact that i don't like nothing's gonna happen to me if i don't pay my off my debt you know other yeah. than my credit score taken <laughs> <laughs> but like nothing no it's only 400 now what happened? <laughs> oh, 400. oh shit, dude, i've been there fuck uh but like you know like nothing's gonna happen to me if i don't but 
you know, paying rent and like, and then actually having people pay me to produce something that would be insanity to be like, I don't even know how I'm doing this right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that's why, I think that's why I was so concerned with getting those reps in as a producer and being like, I just need to know how to solve every conceivable problem, which is still impossible. Like yeah. you know, every time you get onto a set, it, they're all different. Like yeah. there's yeah. so, even if they're the same genre, there's so many like, discrepancies that you you can't there's always something of. new there is always mm-hmm. something new but that's i think that tickles me though i like it you know mm-hmm. i like the oh there's something new that i have to figure out but it's yeah it's that problem solving that maybe well, i'm hoping that will save me from those thoughts of like oh i don't know what i'm doing or like this this and that and i was gonna say that i feel like that's one of the things that really separates like somebody who you know can't hang doing it as a profession versus mm-hmm. the people who are actually able to like make a full on career out of it is the ability to, when you show up and something's drastically different or some yeah. chaotic situation shows up, like be able to problem solve it in real time and not yeah. lose your shit. Yeah. So if you're doing that now while you're not being paid, mm-hmm. I think when you start getting paid for being a producer, like yeah. it, it'll still feel the exact same, right? but you're going to have that skill set to back that up to yeah. be able to justify you guys are giving me money for this mm-hmm. because I'm worth that money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something I try to, to tell myself all the time when it comes to music stuff is mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you for money to do something for mm-hmm. you. Like, yeah. You want me to record a guitar part for you? Yeah. I'm stoked to do it, but you need to pay me because I'm a professional. Yeah. Yeah. And me valuing myself and telling myself that I'm a professional and telling other people I'm a professional helps take away a lot of that imposter syndrome. Right. That I did experience at first. Because it was very weird when I trans- transitioned from only making money from other people paying me hourly for showing up somewhere to dictating my own terms to telling people like what my mm. rates are for yeah. following up with people and being like, hey, it's been a week. You haven't paid me. You need to send me the money that you owe me. Mm-hmm. And really like trying to like internalize that idea of I am worth this. My effort has been like to build this into something that I am able to confidently tell somebody like I do deserve to be paid for this. And I think like when you get to that point where you're starting to tell people that, you know, I need to be paid for this, this is whatever my rate is. Like, I think that'll really help like alleviate some of that, that thought of, Oh God, what's going to happen. Yeah. When you actually start doing it, you're going to be like, well, this isn't any different than what I was doing before. I just have the expectation that now like, I'm going to be earning money while doing it. Yeah. How are you guys feeling about Chris Pratt? Um, I think it's a shame. <laughs> I really do. Because, like, it's not that I have a problem with Chris Pratt. Mm. It's that there's so, so, so obviously a way better voice actor that could do the same job but way better. Yeah. They you know what I mean? Want his name on the they yeah. want, people want celebrity voice actors now, mm-hmm. which is, like, there's I, plenty of them. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, there's lots of, I mean, the, okay, so they're definitely, like, famous people who I get happy when I hear them doing voiceover work, like Sandra Oh, or, mm-hmm. like, even Seth Rogen. I'm, I have a soft yeah. spot for Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. Will Arnett yeah. is one of my favorites. Yeah, Will Arnett. Just, but it's definitely more of a thing nowadays where they're like, oh, let's, let's get as many names in instead of people who've mm-hmm. done this as their career. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's like the, like, Lego movie. Mm-hmm. I look at that one, I'm like, you guys just took like all the famous people you could and shoved them in the movie. Yeah, and it was still a really the good, emoji good movie. movie but <laughs> oh my god, I think that has James Corden in it. Ugh. That was I, I will not ever watch that. I haven't seen it either. So sorry. Yeah. You ever seen Sausage Party? 
No, I heard that one that is was, actually pretty funny. It's pretty it's funny. Really cool. You know, I had our first screenwriting professor convince me to watch that one. Cause he, Sounds about right. Yeah, right? <laughs> he was like, actually, if you if you look at it, it's a great look into the philosophy of life. And I was like... It's a really well-honed set. Yeah, and I thought he was cool at the time. So I was <laughs> like, oh, totally. Like, let me take a look at it. <laughs> this guy got fired for, like, big reasons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All, the, all the fun teacher reasons. All the really fun happen. professor reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't mean to laugh at that. I just, you think, the year was 2017, so... Yeah. You know, <laughs> all, all the normal perv stuff, I guess. Yeah, <sighs> pretty close to it. Yeah, Basically. I my favorite. I don't know if you know this. But <laughs> one of my favorite things about not favorite, sorry, <laughs> which is one of the funniest things about that entire situation is that this person was the only screenwriting professor, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a center spread of like Me Too on the on the newspaper for the school. Mm-hmm. And there was like right after you got fired. Yeah. And there was one corner dedicated to like the film department. The only thing that that like th- four people, three people wrote about was their screenwriting professor. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's that is so obvious. Like yeah. you can't even hide. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Oh my gosh! It I was thought he actually like, thought I had promise. Uh, I I think I think he probably meant that. If I if if I'm being honest with you, I know he was creepy. I know that. Yeah. But like he had no reason to be creepy towards me. Mm-hmm. And he told me the same thing. Right. And I, I know that he. He said you have a sexy smile too. That he left out. Okay. He just he said he said nice cock. But he looked at the <laughs> smile thing. Nice. <laughs> well, that's normal. That's pretty normal. It yeah, is pretty yeah, normal. You get, you get that that's a lot. That's what all my professors told me, too. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, right. do- we docked and then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, he told me something similar. And I was like... I, I, t- I took it because I knew that as a guy... <laughs> this is so fucked up. <laughs> I knew that as a guy, because I think I did have a hint of like, oh, this guy's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But as a guy getting a compliment from him, I was like, oh, like, you mean that shit. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I know you wouldn't just say that to me. Yeah. And but I think I think he said it to me before he got fired. Yeah. Because he was like sad or whatever. And, and he was like, ah, Robert, like. <laughs> He's confiding in you. Nice cock. <laughs> 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 nice cock. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Pretty soon. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We, we well, can we, end here. We still need, yeah, we can. We we still need to show you that video anyway. So yeah. Yeah, we can um, wrap it up. So. Um. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah. Yeah. It was thanks, a lot of fun. Thank you, man, for making the time. Yeah. yeah. That was really fun. <laughs> God, it's, this was awesome. It's so natural to have a conversation. <laughs> the time really flew by. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it great. Uh, it's all the years in customer service of being like, okay. I can literally talk to anyone about anything mm-hmm. and make it happen. So when oh, I'm nice. talking to people that I'm actually enjoying talking to, it's so much more effortless it feels now. feels so good. It, it used to be like an actual struggle holding conversations with people, even if I loved being around them. I feel oh, that. I feel that too. It's definitely a skill you, that I've developed at least. That's great. Yeah. Well, there's, there's good things to come out of, out of the retail trauma. Stress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, remember to subscribe to uh, our Instagram. Not subscribe. Follow. Fo- follow, follow our Instagram. Man, I sound Doomsday like an old person. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Follow tell us all on your Instagram. friends. Yeah. Tell your parents. Tell your dog. Follow Trainwreck. Follow Gobble Ghoul Pictures on YouTube and Instagram. 
Yeah, and and also follow. Uh, let's let's have Ben plug his. <laughs> yes. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah. So if you guys want to follow me on Instagram, my handle is Oceans and Silhouette. Um, my YouTube channel is just Ben McSherry, spelled how you think a traditional Irish last name would be spelled. <laughs> and if you want to listen to some music, it's on Spotify under Oceans and Silhouette. I think I'm around mm. like a thousand monthly listeners almost nice. right now. Yeah. Give me all awesome. the links. I'll put it in the episode description. Yeah. Awesome. I appreciate it, guys. Thank we you. appreciate you. Thank you out there in Belgium. Belgium. You're amazing. Belgium I, guy. Thank you. I almost forgot about you're you. You're everything to me. Okay. All right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>